Blog Talk Radio. Okay, okay, all right, big man, you want to make some big bucks, huh? Let's see how tough you are. You know something about cocaine? Digame! You kidding me or what, man? There's a bunch of Colombians coming in Friday. You guys, they said they got two keys for us, for openers. Your cocaine, you tell them capiche. I want you to go over there, and if it's what they say it is, you buy it, you bring it back. You can do that, you make five grand. Me to have the bodegas, noon Friday, you get the buy money then. Oh, and Chico, if anything happens to the buy money, Fuck you even. Fuck. 
Hi. I'm sorry. I had a technical problem. Phone went out. If you can hear me, let me know. I'm waiting for my guest, uh, Brother Hebrew, to come in. Hi, uh, the chat. Hi, Chemistry 19. It's so good to see you here. Um, hi, other guests. I can't see you. I see your names, but I can see that you're here. Thank you so much. I'm going to see what my guest, uh, when my guest is coming. Hi, 917, Erica 917, are you just holding? I'm trying to see when my guest is coming in. Hello? Hey. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you good. How are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? (laughs) I've been listening to you. I've been listening Uh to you for years. Really? Yes. Well, Um, I'm just disappointed then. You don't know about my hair care and my skin care and my supplements to try them out. But let me tell you something, which is so weird. I remember prior to you having your hair care products, Mm -hmm. I said to you that one day maybe you should do hair tutorials or get into hair care. I don't know if you remember on YouTube, my um, my name is Sexy Candy, and um, oh, I sent that an email. I'm sorry. No, I said I talked to so many people. I know, I know, I know. I know, Miss Alexis. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm speaking to you. Oh, my goodness. I'm, oh, wow. I can't believe I'm speaking to you. It's a pleasure <laughs> to speak to you as well. Yeah, I'm, I do the store by myself right now. Because um, I'm the only one I trust right now to do my website store at AlexisKTyler.net. So yes. I'm gradually putting the new things in there as I go. Um, I just actually put my hot black gold on my hair before the show started. That black gold oil is the hair grow oil. And I yes. use it every day along with my scalp tonic and my love buttercream. Um, I love shampoo. Oh, God. I, I'm trying to get my energy right now because I've been taking this other stuff. I got the um, EDTA chelation capsules. Wait, my, hold on. This is my guess. Okay. Hey, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's going to call. He's just running late. It made my hair damage uh, taking the hair product. But the EDTA chelation, oh, boy, for you all that don't know, the EDTA chelation is to pull mercury out of the system, and it pulls metals out of your system in toxic waste. And Mm -hmm. I've been taking it for 14 days. You want to take it for 14 days. You don't want to take any vitamins or supplements while you're taking the EDTA chelation capsules because it pulls out good stuff and it pulls out bad stuff. Okay. But it has been cleaning me out, and I felt, like, really heavy, really tired and drained, actually nauseated, but I just drink a lot of water because I realize it's probably making me feel nauseated because it's bringing up and kicking up old garbage and metals and trash that I didn't know was in my system. And yes. it's just, I've just been sleeping and resting, but I feel so much better. 
and I'm really excited because I have like three lightning creams, skin lightening creams for um, surgical scars, stretch marks, dark spots, um, uh, freckles, unevenness in the face and in the body from sun damage. I don't know if you all know about black coffee, but black coffee is very healing. Not only um, is it a stimulant that gives you energy, but it actually helps to protect the skin from the sun rays. And you don't have to avoid the sun with the black coffee um, skin bleach because it actually goes in the skin and it helps to protect from the rays of the sun as it absorbs the sun. It doesn't uh, damage your skin or help. It actually helps with skin cancer. It helps to diminish the chances of skin cancer. I have my new skin lightening pill. I have herbal supplements for depression, uh, natural Viagra for erection problems, natural Viagra for women. Um, women have a problem being sexually aroused, a progesterone cream for women that have vaginal dryness and just a loss of sex drive from the testosterone, estrogen uh, imbalances in the body. There's so many things in AlexisKayTyler.net in the store, and I keep adding them um, when I feel like it, but it's like the past almost two weeks. This is my second week with the EDTA chelation because, you know, I try everything before I tell you all about it. So I've been on that, and it's been pulling so much waste out of my body. It's like yesterday when I cleaned myself, I did an enema, and I felt like I was stuck or constipated. So I'm like, there was something stuck. And it was, I just, oh, God, it was so disgusting. But I looked down, and it was like a sack of worms that came out. Mm. And I felt an old sack. But, but yeah, that the EDTA chelation has been pulling the metals and the old worms out because you have to realize, especially like me, if you've had metal feelings since you were a kid, you never got the metal, the mercury removed, that stuff starts to leach out in the body over time. Along with old parasites, they get stuck in your liver. Not only do they get stuck in your bowel, your colon, and your you have to realize the gut is like the factory. It's like the, the main power plant of the body. Yes, the heart is, the arteries, and the lungs. But if your guts are messed up, you're not going to mm-hmm. live too long without having a lot of problems. you got a lot of backed up fecal matter in there. And two, as a woman, you have a lot of backed up emotions. When women mm. have been hurt a lot, have bad sexual partners, have raised children by ourselves like I did, I'm just starting to come, I really heal myself and come to terms with a lot of things and release a lot of emotion. Actually, with this EDTA chelation I've been on, and when it just pulled that sack of worms out, I started coming out, and I could tell they were old because they were big. They were, like, long. When they're babies, they're really tiny, but when they're really long and they're really thick, that means they've been in there for years or it's a new colony. They keep branching out and growing. It, I also felt like a part of me, like a big chunk of emotions was released as old stuff was coming out of my bowels and uh, a lot of the metals being leached out of my system with the easy TH elation. So I told one of my girlfriends about it, and she was like, oh, I want some of that. So I'm going to meet her tonight and give her some along with uh, a refill of the Love Buttercream, um, the Creamy Spritz. What else did she want? Um 
she's already got the black gold, but I'm going to make a new black gold soon. But, yeah, check out AlexisKTyler.net in the store. If you have any questions about anything, um, don't feel, don't have a problem. Email me. Ask me any questions because I'm going to be going over everything in every show, and I'm going to be here every Monday night. Let me see if this is my guest, Brother Hebrew. Eric Ho 240. Eric 240? Yes, this is Brother Hebrew. Hi, Hi Brother Hebrew. How are you doing? I am uh, doing as, as as fair as could be, uh, given, uh, you know, uh, Mother Earth is uh, undergoing all these uh, climactic changes as uh, she gets ready and prepared for a, a true new order. And uh, yeah. our central central air died on us, and we're waiting on that to be fixed. But meanwhile, I had to run out to uh, Home Depot and grab something uh, to deal with 105-degree temperatures up here in Washington, D.C., I know. Well, I'll let you take the floor. There's so much heavy stuff going on. I would love for you to, whenever you have time, to come back as a regular guest and give us updates because you're constantly all over the Internet blogging about the economy, um, what's going on with um, social issues, racism issues, legal issues. So just you just take the floor about you want to because I titled it that you were coming on and talking about Trayvon Martin case and economic and Yes, um, first and foremost, uh, giving all honor and praise to the Most High uh, for looking out uh, for our people for all these uh, centuries, all these decades and eons of trial and travail uh, from uh, from being on top, now we're on the very bottom and we're rising back to the top. But in that course, as the mothership steers us back to the top, we are faced with uh, 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 scenarios like Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin is just a tip of the iceberg. I mean, there have been numerous um, racial incidences uh, all over America um, in the past several days. As a matter of fact, there was another young black man uh, down in Athens, Texas, who was found uh, dead uh, Monday morning. Uh, he was he was definitely um, uh, hung from a tree down in um, Henderson County, and uh, this is a clear lynching. Uh, and this is not too far from a, a, a neighboring county in which another black man, if you remember, about a decade or more than a decade ago, was uh, drugged behind a car by three white men. So we are witnessing. Um, an upsurge, an uptick, if you will, in um, the number of killings all across the country of young blacks, not just males, but, I mean, I, I've, I've seen footages of, of black women uh, being abused in the street openly, uh, being harassed, uh, being uh, pushed out of the line when you're standing to pay a bill. I mean, anything to get you started and get you worked up emotionally and that's one thing we got to realize is not to let our emotions get the best of us in these different social settings because uh, that's how they ping you up. Uh, I just had a classmate of mine from Howard University uh, call me this morning and told me about her sister-in-law and brother were at a hotel in Vegas. And um, the uh, her sister-in-law was by the pool with a cooler. And she was asked by security to leave the pool with her cooler, that uh, no coolers were allowed by the pool. And she asked him, well, is this in writing? 
And the redneck security guard said, it don't have to be in writing. This had to be my word out of my mouth is for you to get up right now and leave. If you don't leave with the cooler, if you don't leave with the cooler, we're going to put you out of the hotel. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, her brother is out uh, jet skiing out there on Lake Mead, doesn't has the slightest clue what's going on, you know, with his woman. And I know uh, his wife personally. From from Long Beach, I'm not gonna say the name. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, she, it is an all-out assault. Mm-hmm. And when she did not comply, when she did not comply, Inglewood came out of her. And if anybody know about the hood, you know Inglewood is in the hood. Mm-hmm. And Inglewood came out, and this this sister. Laid the law on him, you know, because her husband's a, a, a lawyer, so she figured I'm gonna, you know, try this out. She said, "Show it to me in writing." And the hillbilly cop said, "I don't have to show you shit, nigga. Get up, grab your cooler, go to your room. Matter of fact, we're gonna have your stuff, your suitcases, on the curb by the time you get up and go to your room." And they did. What? She calls her husband. She calls her. No, they said the only reason was you you did not comply with the uh, uh, request of the of the, uh, of the security officer. She calls her husband, puts her husband on speakerphone, and gets on the phone with him and says, "Look, you gotta you gotta come home now." So he starts making his way back to the hotel, makes his way to the hotel. He talks to the manager, head of security identifies himself as a California barred attorney and says, look, if you don't straighten this out, it's going to be all hell. I'm going to sue everything you got in this hotel. And they quickly squashed it as soon as they realized they were dealing with, quote, unquote, some educated black folk. Mm-hmm. But she could have easily, easily let the emotion sway in and started swinging, and then they, they would have had an assault charge trumped up on her. And it would have been just, you know, some deep doo-doo in Vegas over some nonsense. And that's how they get you. You know, they got all these little petty-ass laws, mm-hmm. and uh, they stick it to you. Like, say, for instance, in, 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 in Nye County, Vegas, if you, re- if you order a hamburger and you sit down and eat your hamburger, you order it a certain way, you say, I didn't want pickles on my hamburger. I told that woman or a man behind the counter, don't put pickles on my hamburger. You lift the bun up, take the pickles out of the hamburger, put them on the side of the tray, eat your hamburger, get up, walk to the trash can, throw everything in the trash can, walk out the hamburger joint. The sheriff is right there to arrest you for disambiguating a hamburger, which carries a 90-day jail sentence in Nye County, Nevada, just because you took the goddamn pickles off the hamburger. And that's how they're picking up black brothers and sisters in Vegas. Uh, It's not just there, Brother Hebrew. I don't know if you saw that story about a week ago where the the young black kids went to, uh, I think, um, some type of party or prom, and they were eating at a restaurant, and some fight broke out with another group of kids. And the the young lady, um, the young black girl was saying that she wasn't in the fight. White feminine said she was, grabbed her very petite 
girl, so she could not fight the police lady. The police lady said she jumped on her, and she didn't. It was witnesses that saw it, and she took up the con and knocked that girl teeth out. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. I, I saw that. Yeah. Teeth all fucked up and broke up all in the front of her damn mouth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they don't charge her. And Go ahead. I'm sorry. They, I think they charged her, indicted her, and said, yes, she did attack this officer. They're going to stick together. Even if that girl did not do anything, she was sitting at the table with her friends, they're going to all stick together and say she did. And I don't know if you've noticed, because it just seems to me, well, first of all, we have to look at who's, uh, who's controlling the law, who's making the law. Obviously, our mm-hmm. people are not there, or if they're there, they do not care. When they're watching these laws being placed, it looks to me, I don't know, I don't have a statistic, so I actually, because I know you're good at that, maybe it's just me, but it seems that since Obama has been in office, more black men have been shot in the back and killed and arrested, given more time, even more black women now are in jail uh, and also being beaten. Yeah, being beaten and killed, and more laws have been in place to uh, lock black men down like they criminalize black people yeah to make it easier and then now with the stand your ground law it looks as if to me that law protects anybody but a black person with that law it's like it's open season on shooting black people i mean that's how it looks to me well also just a little a little uh an additional sidebar warning and this came under the Obama administration, under all these uh, uh, laws that were passed to, quote-unquote, protect um, people who have alternate sex lifestyles. Uh, it's, it's no longer, of course, a, a felony or a, a misdemeanor to uh, commit sodomy. All the sodomy laws have been ripped off the books, as you well know, all over the country except for a few places. However, however, if you are caught urinating in public, even though you are urinating in a remote area that is uh, not visible to the public, you are not you not you not you not pissing on the on on the sidewalk in front of a family. You you dipped in an alley behind a trash can, with nobody can see you, and you uh, might have a uh, a health condition which. Uh, you know, uh, 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 brings this about like diabetes, and um, <laughs> you get caught urinating. Now they want to throw a, a sex uh, crime charge on you, label what? you as a as a as a sex criminal because you expose your genitals and urinated in public. Now you're a sex criminal, and oh of course God. you know what that would mean. In terms of of, of 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 disallowing you from getting a rental property or any kind of property for that matter, because nobody wants to live next to a sex offender, and put mm. you on a, and that puts you in the computer forever, as opposed to a misdemeanor which you can get uh, wiped off your uh, record after seven years. So this is the new wave of criminality uh, that is uh, sweeping all over this country. And thank you, Obama. You know, thank you. Thank you. He's the one. He's the one that brought this in and did everything for them gays, but did nothing for us. 
And this mm. and this and this and this uh Cowtown uh, uh president uh, uh, trying to appear Mr. Tough Guy by saying, Oh, Trayvon Martin, I, I could have been him. That that could have mm-hmm. been me when I was a young man, you know, so many years ago. But then but I flipped to the Washington I'm sorry. I, no, let me, go, let me ahead. Just, go ahead. But then I jump on the front page of the Washington Post to Tuesday, July 16, and I see a free ride to the U.S. with costly risks. I see train loads of Hispanics. I mean, they pack on this freight train. They're all on top of this freight train coming up to America oh with a free God. ride paid for us by the U.S. government. Thank really? you, Obama. So, uh, are they helping them get They're legalized? helping them. They are helping them to come over here to replace us. Mm-hmm. They are putting they are putting NGOs in place, non governmental office uh, uh, organizations in place down in Latin America, passing out money to the so called political and social refugees, helping them to, to, to get their monies together so they can come up here to America and get a quote unquote a good job. This nigga that's in office. It's doing this. Yeah, but do you think it's really him, or does he have any control or any? He don't have complete. Well, you see, you see, if he had any kind of guts, he would come out and tell everybody what's happening. But uh, I'm really, yeah, I, he'll, he'll, I'm really, he'll be like Kennedy, but he'll, he'll exactly. be like Kennedy though. Yep, but I, I'm I'm of the opinion that they have some serious homosexual stuff on Obama. Okay, yeah, that's been said a lot, and um, it's. Uh, I saw David Manning or Pastor Manning say that that the church that he was uh, a member of said there was a whole homosexual black men uh, cult being run through that church. Yeah, I don't know, but that's what people are saying. And the white man said that he was going with Obama, but um, I'm looking and, uh, at this on men. Many levels, brother Hebrew, and mm-hmm. I'm looking at the economy collapsing oh, while yeah. this makes an office, and it looks like it's designed that way. And it it just looks I don't know. I see a lot of successful black people, so I can't say it affects all black people. There are a lot of black people that are still doing well, still having nice homes, but then, like you said, overall, you were talking about one county, what in Baltimore, there was a wealthy black county. Then you showed me some article a few months ago that that one was even going down. Uh, was it Prince George? Yeah, Prince George's like County, which is right next to D.C., is 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 definitely on the on the on on the um, is going down economically for blacks. I mean, they Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase, Citibank, they've already issued uh, and have executed over forty thousand evictions and uh, 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 repossessions uh, for people's homes in uh, Prince George's County. And it's here as well. I'm looking at a lot of black people losing their jobs. It's like the companies are shutting down because they've depended on the job, and then crime has gone up higher. Um, oh, yeah. Because a lot of black people are robbing, they're selling through. So the thing is this. I know that the system looks like it's, it's been set up against us, but it's saying there are more killings right now than it was, uh, I saw an article saying, during apartheid. Mm-hmm. And like word lynching and killing our people, but in, uh, what I'm saying, in a lot of ways, it looks like we are 
contributing to it, we know that I'm just making a couple of points just right there. You just, just pick which one you want to pick. It looks like a lot of us are contributing to it because we don't control government. I, I saw a lady in the grocery store the other night. She was sleeping in her car and the grocery store parking lot, and the, the workers at the grocery store knew her, and they were nice to her and helpful to her. She was telling me out here in DeKalb County that um, the politicians that have been elected, the black ones, she said that they actually got shit on them. Like, mm-hmm. they them in office, so it's certain things they're not going to do. To help the black community, even if they have access to money and they have the ability to introduce new laws or ordinances or change them, they're not going to because they're still controlled. They're basically puppets. And if they start trying to put more money into the black community, fix up the streets, build up the schools, all of a sudden they're going to be um, fed up and shit don't come out on them, you know, or they're not going to stay in that office. Uh, what else I was going to say? Yeah, and with the Trade My Mind case, when I listen to the way the Samuel Brown law is written and the way it was given to the jurors, Brother Hebrew, it's not like they had a lot of options. That's what that juror that spoke out and said it was the right decision. But she said, based on the way the law was written and the way it was given to her, and they were within these confines mm-hmm. of how they had to rule. And how it was read, it it seems to me that they were kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know what I'm saying? It's like the way it was written. The only choice they had was to say he wasn't guilty. Like the different points I've thrown out there, you can just take this different one you want to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me start with the corrupt politicians. Uh, your mayor there in Atlanta, Cassine Reed, is a Howard University graduate. I know this brother personally. Uh, and I just pulled up uh, in in speaking, uh, listening to you uh, on this topic. Uh, I know there's some very touchy talks going on right now with Friendship Baptist Church uh, in terms of uh, uh, the Atlanta Falcons and their new football stadium they want to build. Uh, this would be very interesting to see what happens as the end result of this because uh, like any crime scene, you gotta you gotta look who benefits from it. And I don't mind saying this, but you know, I know there's probably some serious pressure being put on the uh, city council and Cassine Reed um, through uh, you know various shenanigans and um, 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 it's a term I want to use that uh, it's, a, it's a classic book that is used in the first year as a poli sci major you get a taste of this book uh, there's art of war and there's another one um machiavellian and that's and that's and that's the term i want to use when it when it when it when it, when he used to describe getting stuff on politicians uh there's a machiavellian concept that goes into when you uh control politicians you put in play now uh i pray that uh Kasim does not have any dirt on him i pray that he has not been on you know, uh, 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 take from any uh, primary contractor or subcontractor to this or any other project in Atlanta. Uh, and I pray that uh, he has not participated in some uh, uh, sex orgy that uh, could be compromising to uh, his his family, his values, um, and to his wife. 
uh, who is also another Howard University graduate. So, you know, this this could be uh, traumatic, you know, if, if this were the case, because that would definitely put the people of Atlanta in a very compromised position that otherwise if they had a real statesman in the mayor's office, uh, mm-hmm. you would probably have different results as opposed to just somebody who just want to exercise political will of the corporate elite. And uh, that's what mm-hmm. we have now. You know, these mm-hmm. silly politicians who, who get in there and uh, care more about, uh, you know, corporations who pay the bill as opposed to the masses that got them in there in the first place. And uh, they just don't give a damn about us. So, you know, that's my take on it. Uh, let's just see what happens. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one of his uh, people go back, probably calling him up now to say, hey, man, you know, Brother Hebrew on the, on the air right now talking about you. You better call in. Uh, so, you know, go right ahead. I mean, hey, I look, I don't hide, you know, nowhere. Everybody know where I live. Everybody know my phone. I'm, I'm in the phone book. Shit, I'm on. A, I'm walking down Georgia Avenue. I ain't hiding, ducking. I'm right here. So, you know, you can okay. call me on my cell phone or whatever. You can call it on this show. I just lay it out there like I see it. I mean, you know, it is yeah, what it is. How can it change? I, I got this article. I'm going to put it in there. You said Detroit. You said Detroit filed for bankruptcy. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to put it in the chat room so everybody can see it. But it was also, uh, I, I saw some other people, I think when I, Rush Limbaugh, who okay. said that, that he can say nigga all he wants to because we say it, and then listening to, um, what's the other, I, I forgot, Sean Kennedy, they were talking about this in, and I saw Alex Jones show where they were saying that more black people, and this is true, I guess, as far as I know, kill each other. Then white folks kill black people, and there is more black women that kill black people every day to abortion. And they're saying, why are we not publicly outraged and protesting about and, that? And, and we and we should and we should be and we should be outraged by the number of abortions in the black community. I mean, every time I'm driving around uh, D.C. and I go in southeast. I go in Ward 6, 7, 8, and all I see is abortion and family planning uh, uh, billboards and posters everywhere. And, and then when I drive on the white side of town on, on Wards 1 and 2, if I'm out there in Bethesda, Chevy, Chevy Chase, uh, Potomac area, and I see an ad that's talking about uh, going to a fertility clinic. You know, it's just to pose situations for white girls as opposed to black girls when it comes to the issue of having babies. Because they know where the real ammo comes from. They know the real source and force is whether it's the white hole or the black hole. you got to make your choice, black man. And um, I'm standing up for the black hole. Mm-hmm. I'm standing up for the black hole and the fact that, yeah, we ought to be outraged about this. Yeah, we ought to be outraged about black-on-black violence. But then again, it's not, it's not our own people. First of all, it's our own people not teaching self-love and self-respect and respect for life, three key funda- mm-hmm. fundamental elements for self-survival and growth, and also misplaced aggression that goes along with that. So we just pick up a knife, gun, stick, bat, club, whatever we can get, rock, and, uh, you know, first nigga that step on my brand-new uh, fake-ass Versace shoes, I'm going to smash him in the skull with it. 
Mm-hmm. Not knowing they just passed a law that says if you got one of them phony ass handbags or some fake ass knockoff shoes, they come up for you and gonna charge you with a felony. So you think oh, you got yeah, away yeah. with murder? You think you got away with murder, nigga? Guess what? You got that fake ass Gucci bag. We coming for your punk ass, nigga. We coming for you. And this, this is every state. This is a federal law. This is a federal law. law. Thank you, Obama. This is a federal law that covers all 50 states and territories of the United Snakes of America. Yeah, you get caught with that phony-ass shit, nigga, you gonna go to jail. Oh, my God. And it's like one guy told me they were selling them knockoff bags. They were trying to get me to buy one like three years ago. I'm like, I don't I don't buy those. No, thank you. I can go to the thrift store and get me something and get me yeah, a Yeah, you'd be, you be better off. Mm-hmm. He said that it be women fighting about them bags, and they get their EBT card and buy them bags in them food. <laughs> he said, yeah, they will take the cash off of the EBT card and the food stamp and buy them bags. Some of them bags like $1,500 a piece. Woo! They sell and their kids, eating to have that luxury, but you're saying it's which I understand is misplaced aggression that black men kill each other, shoot each other. And then it's so many young black boys in prison, and it's not even for a lot of violent crimes. A lot of them are for drug addiction or being caught mm-hmm. with drugs. And they're telling me they're working in there. They're working on farms while they're in there uh, canning food to go in these grocery stores. That's right. Especially... Especially the the the, the no name brand uh, 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 um, uh, foods, uh, the canned peaches and whatnot are, are definitely canned by uh, uh, convicts. Wow! That, that came that came that that came from a cousin of mine that was locked up down in Texarkana, Texas. He said uh, all them peaches and stuff that come out of uh, Arkansas and Texas and pecans and stuff that come in them no name bags. And being resold to Kroger and uh, other grocery stores are, are definitely uh, uh, convict labor. But you tell people, you know, to look down on them. They the dregs of society. But the people on the bottom, it looks like to me, they have to keep a bottom class to, to have an upper class to make this system of superiority and to have somebody to step on and to actually be the fuel, like the motor to keep this system going. That's how it looks to me like a lot of illegal aliens keep this system going. Uh, inmates are the producers of this system, but they don't tell you that the same inmates are going to make it difficult for them to get a good job and start their life over. They're going to make it easy for them to get back into a life of crime and back into jail. These people, men and women, are actually creating, growing, nurturing, and packaging food and other products and clothes for people to wear in the public that put them down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 a, it's a strange cycle of oppression uh, that uh, our people are, are caught up in, and that's why <laughs> even when you look at the drug game, right, mm-hmm. they tell you what's legal and what's illegal, and, and as they make more and more drugs legal because they have to... Uh, uh, finance more and more debt, and as more and more debt becomes more and more publicly known, uh, they'll say, "Oh, by the way, we have, we got forty trillion dollars worth of heroin locked away in government heroin warehouses and heroin and opium. So now we're going to legalize that 
But, see, if you already got a felony beef on you, you can't set up a weed shop and, and start selling weed legally, whether it's prescribed or non-prescribed, or recreational or non-recreational drug use. Uh, you got a felony beef on you, so you can't get a you can't get a, a, a alcohol, firearm, tobacco number. So you mm. kicked out of the game either way it go because now you got a you got a rap sheet. So That's the same you, thing you like we, what I said about public public benefits and, and and being a felony. You can't even get food stamps or or, or get welfare if you got a, a felony beef on you. Are you serious? That's right. You can't get public housing and stuff if you got a felony on you. You kicked out. So even once you served your time and get out, they still they still hold that I against you. It's like you can't vote, can't do anything like that. Mm-mm. And we know why that's that's that way because there will be a whole lot more voters in place to bring about change if all these people that are considered convicted felons would be allowed to vote. But I want to get deeper on since you probably read, I haven't read it yet the. Trayvon Martin case and how that law is structured. Have you read anything on that law that uh, Daniel Brown law? I, I have. I have. I have read. I have read that actual statute on the floor of the website. Uh, I've gone over it with my wife, who is a who is a who is a who is, a, who is, a, who is an attorney, and uh, talked to it at length about this. I talked to other attorneys about this particular law, uh, the reading of that law. Um, it could be. There's a lot of subjective uh, application to that law that, uh, as you can well see, matter of fact, there was a black woman who stood her ground against an abusive husband and fired a warning shot, and uh, she's facing 20 years uh, 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 behind bars. There was another man uh, in Tallahassee who was being harassed by a bunch of white youths, and they came back with a mob and threatened to burn him out of his house, and uh, he shot one of them. And now he's he's gonna do he's gonna do forty years for attempted murder. What? And, oh yeah, I mean I go down the list of, of 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 whereas we when we stand our ground, there ain't no stand your ground when it comes to a black ass nigga. You ain't got no right to shoot no cracker. You ain't got no right to shoot no cracker uh, doing anything to you. See, it don't apply that way. In in those white uh uh uh, uh black robes. With them white folks behind uh-huh. them, Pecklewoods get behind them and make them deals with the DA and your attorney. I look See, I got at a, the... I got a I got a personal beef and I got a personal situation right now. I think I told people about this, and I'm having to actually hire an uh, an appraiser from a different state to go into Arkansas to do a situation for me because I know if I hire one of them Pecklewoods. That's in that county or even the next county, they're gonna go on the side with them good old boys. Yes. To knock me out of my money. Yes. Because I was listening to Ray I think it was Rachel Gentile and she was saying that she said was a creepy a creepy ass cracker following um Trayvon and I guess how he described it and they her up. They basically made this girl look like an idiot. Like this is not what you say to you think about white people. So we can say nigga. We can call you what we want to call you. It, it, it looks like there's a play on words. You know, not that I'm saying you go around and call people names. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just like right. looking at the way they did this. How they chopped up what she said 
and mm-hmm. the the lawyer representing uh, George Zimmerman, him and his kids were laughing at the girl and making fun of. Her. I think him, that was him and his daughters that had an ice cream cone and went on Twitter and were calling the girl names. Or uh, even a lot of black people, I seen the videos where they were calling her uh, an embarrassment and said she sounded so ignorant and looked so ignorant and looked so stupid. But I saw how they systematically, it, was, it became a racial issue with her sitting there saying, oh, this is how black people talk. I saw the comments on YouTube. You know, they just ignorant like that. That's their lingo because they can't carry a conversation. And yep. use that to say, well, because they they call us lies and call us crackers and they call each other nigger and she can't talk. And, you know, look at how combative she's being. Well, that's another reason to justify us keeping this law in place and to let this good citizen go because he did only what he's supposed to do because they make us a dumb, ignorant, um, non-English-speaking nigger. Did you look at that when you saw her and how she was talking and how she was handling herself? We just since you 19, she wasn't prepped, which I think she should have been prepped. Yeah, she should have been prepped. Um, I don't understand that with Trayvon's mother and father, it's like they should have known better and the attorney should have known better. She should have taken that girl under her wing because it did, I I believe what she was saying about what happened when Trayvon was on the phone with seeing brother people when you look at the way she carried herself and then she told a couple lies. It kind of, she made it easy. Put in the blow away. Yep. Yeah, and discredit her testimony. Um, she said she wasn't gonna come to the funeral, something like that. She said she was at the hospital, but she was not. She said maybe it was Trayvon's voice, maybe it's not. Um, just the she there was inconsistency. They took those little inconsistencies and they ran with it. You could tell she seemed very insecure, very uncomfortable, like she was out of her element, didn't want to be there. However, brother Ebu, that boy did. And there was only going to be one trial, and that was her opportunity to shine. And right. she, to me, she blew it. She really fucking blew it. And whoever else her, she would be, basically she's 19, all the other older Trayvon's parents, the attorney, people that knew better, because the other side, they had, um, what do they call those? It's like a jury consultant or uh, a consultant for the witness as well. They cloned them. They they study right. their body, their mannerisms, body their language, talking yep. before they go up there. And then they tell them what needs to be changed, how you need to be dressed. Because, you know, Zimmerman was, did not see. And they obviously had strategized that. What I'm saying is this, and then I, I want your feedback on it. It just, from the little bit I saw of her, and they obviously felt She's an ignorant black nigga bitch. She's a nappyhead nigga, can't even talk, can't even care herself. That's how it was looking to me. So they felt they were superior and more intelligent because it's their system. They studied, they went to law school, they know the system, they studied psychology, they studied body, body language, mannerisms, and then the language of black culture, which they feel is inferior and no strategic reasoning or logic so that we do not have that as a whole and we don't read. We haven't studied. To me that's how they saw this girl and said the whole culture's that way. We'll just group them as a whole. So this is easy for us. 
we're more intelligent than her. It's clear we are, because look at her. Look at the way she's walking. Look at the way she's talking. Look at the way her mannerisms are. Because I saw one comment that uh, there was one of the lawyers that kept on fucking with her said, oh, you must have got some, um, did somebody must have talked to you last night. Somebody talked to you because you show, you know, just jugging, you know, like we say down here. Oh, because you show, you, you, you seem so much better. Your attitude is better today than yesterday. And to me, that wasn't even appropriate. And she's like, no, nobody talked to me. I got to leave. You know, and it's just not funny, really. <laughs> you understand the way she was, like, they was fucking with her. They knew yeah. they were irritating and they were looking at her like an ignorant-ass nigga, and they felt they had to up on her like they were superior, they were more intelligent, and they knew a lot, and they basically took her energy. And her, to me, I saw it as a young girl that was terrified, very afraid, ignorant in a lot of ways, not stupid, but ignorant to she, to where she was at. You see what I'm saying? The game she was playing. She was out of the and got that little girl and trained her. In her mind, you could tell the girl was, was uh, not... Boy, she she had not been groomed. You could tell she didn't know, and they took that and twisted it and used it against her. And they used her fear, her insecurity of what had happened to her friend, and yep. her not knowing what's going on. And she was forced to be there. We can tell she was forced to be there. They took all of that and just had it feel they with it. Or how how do you see what do you see? Uh, you were right on point with that, and. Um they launched her own fear of 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 history there in uh that county of uh, what happens to blacks who um who have uh uh testimony that's unfavorable to whites and it's that plant it's that plantation mentality that, that you know nigga how much ass whooping are you ready to take You know, do you? I mean, I I could I could hit you with the stick. I could hit you with the stick a couple of times. You know, emotionally. But are you really take a ass whooper? And she probably thought about that. What are you saying? You think I think something they said something about she's from a Haitian community. It don't matter. I mean, that's even worse. That's Not even that's even, that's even that's even more program. Because they are closed off. You don't really see them interacting with the police too much, I think. It's just her accent was so thick. That's why I was wondering, did she speak another language? Because uh, I thought they said something about she was Haitian, so she might have spoke, I think, was it Creole? Or yeah, French? Creole, sure French stuff. Yeah, that uh, Yeah, that. Uh, that she didn't really understand them in the first place. Oh, because I think she's Haitian, and she comes from another, like, a subculture with, within a culture, but you're, and then like you said, we know their history, the uh, Haitian history and the color issue, uh, is what was the Haitian and the Dominicans? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's a lot of, I'm about to say, it's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, so I'm wondering with that, her wonder what her mindset and her culture was, and see, they obviously knew more about her that she knew uh, about herself, and she, um, so you're saying that also the history of Florida is to kill black people, a lot of hatred for black people, mm-hmm. and lynching, this goes way back, and the people that are there know this. Oh, yeah, That's they know it. Saying. 
and it's still in effect today. So you're saying a part of her might have been afraid that her or her family son might have been targeted for a backlash? That what you're, you're picking up? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this uh, what they call uh, extrajudicial killings uh, take place uh, all the time in uh, these island countries uh, like Haiti and uh, Dominican Republic and uh, all throughout Latin America. You know, I, I think I sent a case out there recently that was posted by black women of, of Brazil where a young black boy, 11 years old, who was uh, shot by military police for no reason. In the fact, they thought he was a drug dealer and found out he was, had nothing to do with drugs. He was a schoolboy. I mean, this stuff happens all the time, and so they notice, especially when uh, you are um, uh, of a darker complexion uh, in those uh, in those countries. That um, I mean, they got kill squads down there. They don't play. What? They got straight up kill just, squads. Just for the hell of it, just because they're black, they just go kill them. Oh yeah, they do it. And you're thinking she might be operating on some of that energy, some of that knowledge, having the program, so she was afraid, not just afraid. because she was out of her element. And that fear, you know her that fear was in her ass. Well, you don't know what her family might have said to her and warned mm. her. Um, they basically made the girl look like a clown. Mm-hmm. Look like an idiot. But you're saying you think subliminally she was willing to be that as opposed to being more articulate, more acute and aware and say, yes, and speak clearly, this is exactly what happened. It was him, and he said this is that. She'd rather be the clown and the idiot be laughed at, feeling like, well, her life is safe, as opposed to being articulate, back straight, very clear speaking, looking right. eye to eye. Oh, oh okay. I, I wondered about that. Yeah, that she 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 played dumb just so they won't be on her ass. God damn. Oh yeah. Because I kind of got that feeling when she said, uh, "Oh, I uh uh-uh, I'm not coming back to it. Are we through? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I ain't coming yep. back tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Mm 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 mm. And I said, this girl is not stupid. I, I, I could tell she wasn't educated in their system, but I could say that girl wasn't stupid. And when they said, we well, all take practice, she said, yeah. I think she was on Pierce Morgan a few days ago. Yeah, that's what, you know, but he was a creepy crapper. That's, that's, mm-hmm. Yeah, we say that she didn't apologize or seem embarrassed to hide it, and that, that is. I've heard that term since I was a little girl. But they say, but we know as a regular conversation, they just let niggas jump out. They might, might rush them by letting niggas jump out of his cell where, you know, they was going around the show, calling us niggas. Well, I was like, well, why is that a shock? I mean, shit, they do that shit every day. We just don't hear it, but we know. That's just a regular conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's what I'm saying, what are you seeing when they're saying, okay, well, we can call you niggas because you call each other niggas? I'm seeing, I'm seeing just like if the same, on the same vibe of, hey, y'all shooting and killing. You all shooting and killing. Yeah, I'm here. You all shooting and killing one another. We can shoot you now. I mean, but has that stopped? Has the shooting, has the violence really stopped against our people? It has not stopped. It is growing by the minute. But hold on just one second, sis. I've got to take this call. I'll be right back in, in two seconds. Okay. 
Um, I open the lines up to Brother Hebrew comes back to see. Hello, Butterfly Seven O Two. You here? I'm Brother back. Hebrew? I'm back. Okay. What do you see? This where, where is this going? Because it looks to me, uh, I'm hearing people say they're trying to trigger a race war. That that's what it that's what it's all about. But I got another uh, show to jump on at five o'clock. <laughs> But okay, that is exactly where this is heading. Well, let me know when you want to come back and inform Okay. Us. Okay. Thank you, good people. Are you welcome, sister? Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Unfortunately, we don't have more time with Brother Hebrew to explain this, but if anybody wants to call in and get into this issue and break this down for me, I'm always learning. There are a lot of things I don't know, and I'm open to people that want to share on different topics and different areas where we need to be enlightened, especially about this case and this situation. And I'm not um, one of those people that condones or encourages violence in this situation, although, yes, I'm tired of violence against our people and murdering and maiming and, and imprisonment of our people when it's not justified. But from what I'm seeing, this race, Tension and it's, we know it was already there, but it's building and it looks like somebody or some energy or entity or force is trying to create a race war. And from what I am seeing, I feel that we need to not be moved by our emotions and jump without thinking. We need to learn to read. We need to learn to study law even if it's law that is designed set against us to kill us, to hurt us, to set our sons up to be killed and be imprisoned. We need to spend more time studying ourselves, studying history, learning real history, European history and African history and Native American history, Spanish history, we, Asian history, we have so much to catch up on. We are so far behind. And yes, we are a spiritual people and we're an intuitive people, very heated and very passionate. But because we are that, we have to remember not to act on emotion and intuition, even if we know that intuition is true, because that doesn't work in this system. And you must be able to scientifically back it you must be able to back it with facts and study. If you cannot back something that you sense or feel, although it may be accurate, and you act on it emotionally or violently, then it's going to make you look like a fool. And then the laws you do not know, you're going to be set up and subjected to those laws and walk into those situations um, by your own hands. So... I noticed that there has been rioting, there has been protests, there has been some vandalism in California and in some other states, like small pockets of it. But as a whole, it hasn't been the severe outrage as it was with the Rodney King verdict. And I wonder about that as well. I have been thinking about that. I wonder, are are people so preoccupied with trying to eat every day and, and work and put food on their tables that, they don't have time to focus on that and risk going to jail and losing a little bit of money, a little bit of freedom that they have, 
or is it that people do not care that they look at this as whole hum, well, it's another day, another nigga been shot down, what else is new, this is what they always do. So they feel like the marching, the protesting, the violence, the vigilance is not going to do any good. Nobody's listening, nobody cares, and people that are listening are not going to do anything about it. So I wonder that why they're not responding. Or is it a lot of people feel hopeless, helpless, they don't know what to do? Or or is it just at a place where people feel that it just it doesn't matter, it doesn't take precedence in their life? I want to know what, what you think, if you have any thoughts or things or things that you would like to share uh, about this issue. 917, you still there? You just listening? Do you have a question or a comment? Butterfly, are you there, Butterfly, 702? Okay, I guess they're just listening. I'm going to take a break, break, and I'll be right back.
Okay. We're back. I put two articles um, in the chat room I thought would be good to look at. It says uh, on your black work. Wearing N word t shirt. Wow, it's a video attached to that. And all uh, ChristianNews.net, Gospel Sensation, Mary Mary joins Stevie Wonder. So you can read, um, yeah, it's, it's really sad that this young man, Trayvon, is being demonized and called a pot-smoking thug, and I wish we knew more people that knew him and more um, of his friends that he hung out with so they could give us a real view, because what I I know about lawyers is that they don't really care about the truth most of the time. They care about what it takes to get their client off, get them acquitted or found not guilty. So the lawyers for uh, George Zimmerman were only doing their job. They were looking at the strengths and the weaknesses of um, the Trayvon Martin case and the, the witnesses involved and their testimony and finding ways to exploit any weaknesses, any holes uh, in that case and in the story and even in the character of the witnesses. I, I keep that shit real clear, you know, to see how can we use this to our advantage and even the types of jurors. Um, there is serious um, psychological warfare and art of war strategies being implemented when people, uh, lawyers, are picking jurors. And if they're really serious, then they have a whole consulting firm working with them to groom um, the witnesses as well as to groom a jury, actually create a jury and to have a jury with the mindset, the image, and the energy to make sure that they rule in their favor, that the verdict goes in their favor. So when I look at that, it's like it's still to me not enough known about Trayvon Martin because there are gangsters and thugs his age. Just because he was 17 does not mean that he was a totally innocent, nice young man. I'm not saying that. We know they're very vicious or very violent teenagers, even younger than him. But if any of you know or if any information or put any clips in that, because I haven't seen any videos or interviews on any of his friends or schoolmates or people that are engaged in whether it was good or bad, to really get a 360-degree view of this young man to determine if he deserved um, to be shot down like that. Was he violently attacking George Zimmerman? And that's what I'm not sure about yet. That's, that's still, I don't know the answer to that question, but I don't know who wrote that law, but the way that it is written, um, George Zimmerman told his story exactly in a way that would fit the description 
uh, of the details in that law. That's what's interesting to me, and that's what we need to start looking at when we have the time. We really need to start sitting down, looking at these laws and statutes and learning words and the way things are written to think before you act and before you speak. So um, I don't have any callers, people that want to talk about that. We can shift gears if you want to shift gears. I don't see any new questions in the chat. And, of course, my guest, my very intelligent guest that stays up with politics, been around, been setting for a long, long time, Brother Hebrews on. I'm going to go on another show, so we'll have to get him back another time. So I don't really know everything I need to know to get into this this topic any deeper. So that's all offering for other people to call in and give me your response and your opinions of what you know or put your comments or feedback in the chat for me to read. So nobody is doing that. So we can shift gears and go to whatever else you want to talk about. So if you have a question about another topic or if you want to talk about something else, you can put it in the chat box or you can call in and tell me um, what else you want to talk about, what area you want to go in. I don't mind shifting gears, moving to another topic. Hey, area code 917, did you want to talk about something else or have a question about another topic or have a comment about something that you wanted to discuss? Butterfly702, did you have a question or comment about another topic or do you have um, anything that you wanted to add to this conversation before we move on? Okay. Monday, I'll be doing my show every Monday, and I'm talking about right now vagina power, us moving into vagina power and learning a lot about self-awareness, learning about coming into full power and healing. Um, Okay, they're on Skype. Well, uh, for Rasha 70, if you want to type something in there, about any subject, any question is fine with me. You want to put it in the chat box. Um, we're going to be going into those Monday, uh, on Monday night. It's very important to me. I see not just in my own life, but in other women's lives that are speaking to me. There are a lot of upheaval and shift. Just like we're seeing it happen on the physical level and a lot of bad things are recurring, we also, I'm seeing it mentally emotionally, spiritually, and even physically. In the lives of women, right now, there's a lot of upheaval and even some tragedy and conflicts. There are a lot of shifts that are very uncomfortable, that don't feel good, that don't even look good. And what I've been realizing is that is um, a very powerful part of change. Nothing new and nobody new can come into your life or your experience unless there's upheaval in the life that you know, the life that you are presently living. Many of us say it was just like one of my godchildren, and I'm, I'm so proud of him. He's in his middle 20s now. He's gay. And he's been in school now, gosh, ever since I've known him for the past, like, 
seven years now, he has been in school. And he works a job, he takes care of himself, and he goes to school. And we were just talking about this before he before I got on the show today. I asked him before I said hello, and he said, I love you. And I said, I love you back. And he said, I heard the blog talk show that you did the other day, and I love it. I said, thank you. And his He'll just do that. He's like, I just wanted to call you and tell you what's going on with me. And I was so proud of him because he was experiencing a lot of negative energy. Um, He came down here to see me. We did a video last year, and he brought a friend with him. And the friend was just really shady and vicious to him. And he, around that same period of time, Yeah, last year his mom died, so we're moving up to the anniversary of his mother's death, and his mother was lovely, absolutely beautiful. And he said he told her, Mom, when you leave, uh, she was suffering with cancer, so they knew that when she was going to die. He said, will you come back and will you watch over me? Will you talk to me? Will you visit me? We make the wind blow or something or trees move. And she said, I don't know how it works when you die, but if I can, yes, I will come back. And we've been talking about it, and I told him that he needed to know and believe because she loved him so much and she still loves him that she will come back and watch over him. He needed to set up an ancestor altar for her and speak to her and have her favorite flower, her favorite drink, candle, water, her picture, and to light it for her every day and do a meditation. And he did that. He's been doing that for like a year. And when he called me today, he was like, I'm so excited. I said, he said, because I said my ancestor altar up for her. I'm like, you did? Oh, my God, it's like women, I've been telling, to set up a, a altar. And you're a gay man, and you just, every time I ask you to do something, I explain it, you just jump right in it. He's just really intuitive, real, real spiritual, real positive, really sharp. And when I he asks me something, and I, I'll tell him to do it, and this is why, because I know he's a reader, he's a studier. I say, okay, this is what you're going to go look up, and this is the video, and I want you to download this ebook. I want you to study. He'll go right and just drink it up and come back and say, okay, I went and read what you told me, and this is what I found out, and this is how to set it up, and I'm going to get my candles tonight. I'm like, you can get your candles? Yes, and I decided the color for them, and I'm like, why those colors? Because I, I don't know. I just think they're beautiful, and I was drawn to those colors. So when I thought about that, that ties back into us, as women, um, many times, especially right now, because we're in Mercury retrograde, it looks like things aren't moving, and you try and you think very positively, and you do your best to be a good person and move in the direction that you have the goals you want to accomplish, and it seems like everything's standing still. Many times, well, nothing ever stands still, in um, science and in nature, even if you feel like you're not moving, you are. But when you set up your altars, because um, I know people who say they have four or five altars around the house, 
maybe more depends on which deity, which goddess, which god, or is it the ancestors. So on your ancestor altar, you can only put dead people on that altar. Um, I might have a particular Orisha altar, maybe an Indian god or a goddess altar. A lot of people have a Lakshmi altar. When you, first of all, oh, and this is the time, even for me, I've noticed this, and you want to start intuitively listening to what your body tells you that the season is, what you should be doing right now, what you should not be doing right now. It's like my house has been a mess, not as far as like, you know, roaches or trash like that, but clutter. Like I have books that are as old as my son. <laughs> I've been collecting books that I used to go to the thrift store. When my son was little, it was very tight for me to take care of my child by myself. But what I would do, I would buy my son new clothes, and I would go to the nice thrift stores on different sides of town, and I would go through the clothes and find nice, used design clothes. So nobody knew that I was wearing clothes from the Goodwill because they were the nice clothes. They were the thrift store clothes, and, and I would go in there and collect my clothes and had a nice wardrobe. I still got them clothes. Now, those clothes are like 12, 20 years old. <laughs> That's not good. And I have books that I would collect at the same time. You know, you find good books, 20 cents, 50 cents, and the thrift store. And I have, like, I'm looking at them now. i got bookshelves full of books, all books, new books, and boxes full of books. And my spirit said, you got to clean out uh, a lot of this clutter. Now, you can keep the books. If the books are education and you need them, um, keep those. But the other stuff, you got to decide what you need to keep and what you don't. And then I looked in my corner. I have a garbage bag full of vagina power t-shirts. Yeah. So I got to decide because I made some new t-shirts um, with the vagina power logo. I got the new product lines. I got so much new stuff in my store at AlexisKTyler.net. What I'm thinking, with people that order stuff from today forward for the rest of the year, I'm going to give them a free t-shirt of their choice because I don't want to – they're nice t-shirts. There's nothing wrong with them. And I was thinking, well, I can give them to the Goodwill I could throw them in the trash can. No, those are really nice T-shirts. I'm not throwing those T-shirts in the trash can. And then I thought, why enough the Goodwill would take them because they're saying vagina power and they can make you slap somebody. So I think I'm going to flip them <laughs> in the donation bin where my T-shirt is saying they can make you slap somebody <laughs> and penis power. So I'm going to have to give the T-shirts away so when people get products from me this year, they can pick the shirts because I have to move them. Um, another thing, and that's what I'm telling you to do, I want you to write your list because everybody has a different list, is that I've been so searching and looking at people like who to keep and who to let go. And I'm telling you, ladies, this is very, very important for vagina power. Now, many of us have felt like we did not have any vagina power, like it was lost because we've been weak or we've been victimized a lot, we've been abused, we've trusted the wrong people, our trust has been violated, we've been betrayed by people that 
seem to be very spiritual, very righteous, very balanced, had a lot of honor and integrity, or had money or had success, and you felt like I felt that they did that because they built on our right principle. And then we found out that they weren't about nothing, so, and, and they were liars and treacherous. That's how they got their money, through deception. And many of us are carrying those hurts from that, as well as our mothers, our fathers, lovers, our children, being hurt and being let down by the children, and then other dysfunctional relationships we've accumulated after those our childhood and after those baby daddies and business partners and jobs. It's like, okay, y'all, and, and I'm serious, we're going to have to do lectures on this. We're going to do classes, workshops on it this year. I can't go into all of it on the show. It's too much and plus a lot of it's visual that you need to see. you got to decide right now who's going to stay in your life and who's going to leave. No forgiveness in letting someone stay and take them back. That's, a, that's totally different. Forgiving someone and releasing it from the body, like I was talking about, I'm on my EDTA chelation capsules to cleanse my body from filth, and it's also making me feel emotionally lighter, helping me release still parts like of, of hurt and pain that were stuck in my gut, like in my first chakra, in my second and third chakra, even in my heart chakra, that I couldn't seem to let go. Since I've been detoxing using my own product um, and the EDTA chelation that pulls the metal and the mercury, you can read up on the EDTA and what it does. It's very powerful. I literally felt so heavy, so sick. But now I feel better because it feels like inside of me it's lighter. It's like you do what you need to do to deal with and release that emotion. The forgiveness is for you. The forgiveness is to break the connection, the psychic, the mental, the emotional, and the body connection, the spiritual connection you have with the abuser that violated you in some way. But that does not mean that you continue to physically engage, mentally engage, psychically engage. See, a lot of people, if they know that you're not going to physically talk to them, They'll start trying to reach out to you psychically, doing rituals to connect with you psychically and telepathically or uh, some outburst on YouTube, some attack on YouTube, some attack on a blog, trying to make you respond. Every time you respond to someone and you're very angry, whether you're happy in love or whether you are angry, you know, I don't want to talk to this person anymore, I don't want to deal with this person anymore, why does this person keep trying to provoke me? Why does this person make me go off? The person's not making you go off. They're basically stepping on the trigger. And you're responding to them because there's a level of ego as well as a level of emotional maturity that needs to be reached. Something needs to be dealt with or pain. There's, there's a soft spot there. And you're allowing them to play on that. It's like with this recent episode that I've gone through being very sick and very swollen from trusting someone that had an herb company that I endorsed and took their herbs. The One of the biggest lessons for me in that experience was to not engage in psychic and verbal and emotional rage and warfare. I retreated from that and refused to 
get into arguments, public arguments, private arguments, debates, attacks, even though I was viciously attacked and lied on. A lot of things this man said about me was absolutely disgusting lies. This man said I told him these things that I prostituted myself for food. I sucked dick for sandwiches. I, I've never said I don't even live that way. And if I live that way, you know, the, the entertainment community in Atlanta is real small. And people, that's why I don't really fuck with it. I don't hang out. And it's just a big gossip meal. It's messy. All them people, the men and the women, keep up a lot of mess. And I thought about that yesterday because I, I went to the grocery store because um, I, I was hungry. I, and I, I had, like, they were working on my house, and I didn't have anything here. So I'm like, let me go to the store and get the favorite muffins I like and give me a, some chicken. And when I was in there, I had bought my groceries, and I was walking to the door, and this lady comes up, and she said, um, excuse me. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, uh, is your name Alexis? I said, yes, ma'am, Alexis K. Tyler, vagina part. She said, I knew it. And I thought about that because people do that to me all the time. It's almost every day I go out of the store. I go out of the house and go to the store, just running my errands around town. And people recognize me. And if you ever talk to anybody that runs into me, you ask them how I was dressed, how I was carrying myself. What they're probably going to tell you, because what I, what you see on the video is basically what, what I have in my personal life. I have long clothes on, even it's like 80 degrees, probably 90 degrees, even in the summer. I do not expose my body. I don't show my butt. I don't show my butthole by wearing booty shorts. I do not show my camel toe. I don't wear tight booty shorts. Show my pussy cracks. I don't show my titty. I, I don't flaunt my body out there like this. So if if I was a prostitute, um, it would be real hard for me to make some money because I do not give off. I talk very openly, explicitly about sex in my videos, and I sell sex products. I know that, and I teach about sex, but. In my personal life and the way I handle myself around town, if I was a prostitute, everybody, a lot of people would have put that out about me by now, and men that I have been screwing and selling my body to would have been saying that about me. That's not even the vibe that I I walk in. I don't even live that lifestyle. And it's the, the, the stuff that was said about me was so disgusting and low down that everybody that heard it were, like, texting me or calling me, emailing me. It was like, you have got to defend yourself. You have got to snap on this. You've got to go off in this motherfucker. I said, no, you can do it if that's what you wanted to. But, see, what I what I understand and what I understand about what's going on right now, see, those are trials and those are tests and those are tribulations that you go through that are part of your testimony. And because the universe and your ancestors and your guardian angels and your spirit guides know something about you that you don't know, they know what you were born for. They know what you're being groomed for. And I look at stuff like that as um, like military-type training. Um, You don't know what you're destined for and what position you're being trained to be in. Now, if every little thing hurts you, and and I used to be extremely sensitive, 
you know, it was easy to hurt my feelings. No, it's really not. Because what I realized is everybody has the freedom of speech. Now, what happened to me is slander, and that's illegal and in a court of law that is illegal because what this person said I was, I am not that. I don't live that lifestyle. So that's a lie, and it's slandering my character. But the other thing, but even in that, I had to maintain control my emotions. I am responsible for my emotions. I am responsible for my actions. And people that lie on me deliberately to get attention and try to get sales and make money off of tapping to my fan base by creating controversy, that's, they're going to have to pay for that. They're responsible for that. I didn't provoke that, and I'm not responsible for that. Now, if I respond violently or if I start lying and getting on the video screaming and spit coming all out of my mouth and I'm hollering this and that, see, then I cannot say that I did that because this person said I was a prostitute and I screwed for Twinkies and, and uh, Ho-Ho's. That's not their fault. They may have stimulated that emotional response in me and that outward attack but they are not responsible for that. I am responsible for the way I carry myself and my outcome based on someone trying to trigger a violent and volatile response for me to make me embarrass myself and lower myself. And as a result of going through that, I learned that lesson, and that's how I chose to see that experience. But you know what? That person can never enter my life again. I'll never speak to them ever again. And when someone else comes into my life, male or female, or if they're in my life right now, and they start that kind of shit right there, one time. When you start to say trigger things, because, see, that's what people will do. When they cannot get their way with you, when they cannot manipulate you and control you, and have you do what they want you to do and put you on a leash or control you sexually or take your money from you, or if they just want to ruin your reputation because they're jealous of you, they'll say certain trigger things because they think they know you better than they, they know than you know yourself, and they think that they know your weaknesses. So you have to, I'm saying all that to say, you must, like I said earlier, read and study things, but you must read and study your past. You must read and study yourself, and you have to look at where your weaknesses are, know your strengths, tighten up those areas, and you have to see if there's anybody in your life that likes to play on triggers, that likes to try to provoke you, because a lot of people get a heart on by provoking you and making you snap. That energy, they suck off of it. They're parasites. They feed off of it. It turns them on. It makes them feel powerful. It makes them feel better about themselves. Those kind of people, you can do what you want to do. But because I'm house cleaning on so many levels, whenever I hear one word that sounds like a trigger to me and I sense the emotion of sarcasm behind it, you're trying to provoke, I feel that energy behind it, some type of jealousy or resentment towards me or anger, and you're, you're pulling the trigger because you're trying to engage me so you can attack or try to murder me or maim me in some way, you're gone. It's a wrap. 
an uh, apology, that's fine. If you give me an apology, I'm going to accept your apology, but I'm still not going to deal with you anymore. Not going to let you in because that is going to keep you from growing and it's going to keep you stuck in the same cycle and the same group of people that you say you don't want to be around and that you want to grow above and beyond and attract better things into your life. So many times the art of least resistance or no resistance to a situation or personal place of thing actually makes you more powerful because you're not engaging in that energy field. See, every energy field has a vibration and a wave to it. And when your thought that you have electricity in your brain and there's electricity and energy and like a magnetism attracted to each thought, and it goes out there and you start to think about it, you engage it, your emotions become involved in it, that wave from that thought is going to travel out of your brain and it's going to search for um, like mind, like energy. And it's going to lock into that vibration. It's going to keep you stuck there and you're going to, because you're feeding it. Well, yeah, well, you said this. Well, you know, I'm going to say that. Well, you told this. Well, I'm going to say that. Well, you know, I'm going to tell this and that. And it ain't really like that. It's really like so see, now you're where they want you to be. They've sent the bait out, and they're feeding you, and now you got your plate, and you put the food on the plate, and now you're eating, see, and you're going back and forth, and now you're locked in. It becomes personal. Now you're invested in this mess, see, and they're laughing. I got her. I got her to respond. I got her to make a video. I got her to cuss me out. I got to, no, no, no. You won't get Alexis to do that. Excuse me. You might get Alexis to do it, but you won't get Alexis K. Tyler. You won't get me to do that because I see exactly. See, you have to become so attached many times to what is happening to you or when somebody's trying to destroy you and attack you and they want to do it so bad, they know they really ain't got shit on you. So they start making up filthy things about you. You still have to be able to take the path of the least resistance. Oh, well, I'm looking in the chat room here. So I want you all to think about that for Monday because we're going to go into some more heavier things for Monday. Uh, for Rasha, yes, it, but I don't listen to gossip like that, especially know what you have worked towards since I've been listening to you in 2008. Yeah, I, and that's one thing that people really following me for Rasha 70 can say is that I've never changed. I've always been consistent. What I said in the beginning, vagina power, self-respect, honor and integrity, spiritual sexuality, uh, I started from the bottom with nothing, and I chose not to do a lot of things that I could have done to get me quick money. I chose not to prostitute myself. And that's why I've gone through so many bad things, uh, unfortunately, because I wanted to work with people. I wanted to be honest with them. And then once I started to work with them, I started it with some other shit. 
They really want to be honest when they're trying to lure me in or get me jammed up or control or manipulate me sexually and in other ways. And when I would not sell out, when I would not do dark things, then it's like, well, let me trash her. Let me lie on her. Let me degrade her. Let me try to devalue her. But I have always maintained my integrity. I've always been the same person. I've never been about no bullshit and no drama and lying and pretending to be one thing and then end up being another behind the scenes. Because like I shared about the story with the lady seeing me yesterday, these people walk right up to me. They recognize me from the video. So I look the same as I do in the video. And it's amazing to me how they come right up and they're like, Alexis, I'm like, yes, girlfriend. I knew that was yes, <laughs> And I'm not putting on airs or pretending to be something I'm not. Hey, Farasha said, tell my son, tell your son I say hello. And thank him for supporting me watching my videos. It was actually a lady I talked to yes, uh, about two days ago doing a reading, because I still do this reading. I think I'm going to add that to the show. That will be fun. I have the tarot cards. I don't use them when I do a reading, but I can do them to give you a visual when I do the video and when I do the blog talk show. Um, a lady said her her daughter, uh, her young daughter, is the one that had been watching my show first, and I've talked to some women, too, that, that their sons told them, yes, symmetry, zero. Yes, send me the beat. I'm looking for some new beat. Um, I'm going to do some songs. I'm going to surprise y'all. <laughs> this year I'm going to sing and have some rap to uh, this singing, and I'm going to play them here. And a special young man that I'm going to be rapping with this year. I'm not going to tell you yet who he is. <laughs> but I'm going to be rap. Uh, he's going to be doing the rapping part, and I'm going to be doing the singing part. So I'm really excited about that. So I've just tied my mind up and my thoughts into other powerful, constructive things. We, we're winding down now. So if you want to call in, you have feedback, you have a question, you have a comment, I would love to hear it. The number is area code 347-205-9089. Again, area code 347-205-9089. I want you ladies to practice over the weekend until we talk again Monday. Looking at who in your life, writing them down, who irritates you, who deliberately, as they say down here, jugs, you know, <laughs> who be jugging, who be irritating you, who be taking stabs, who be um, trying to hit on pressure points, trigger points to piss you off that have been good at it before, making you argue, drawing you right on in, getting you to take the bait. This is someone that also you need to modify the relationship, you need to make adjustments so that you stand in vagina power and you stand in your boundaries and you stay on your square when this person is around or when they're trying to provoke. Now, I would say cut them off, but you might not be able to. You could have a young child with this man. 
It could be a business associate right now. You can't get out of it. It could be a teacher at school. It could be a co-worker, you see what I'm saying? So you might not be able to walk away, but you do have the power and the authority. You have to give it to yourself and the right to assess the situation and the relationship, what it does for you, what the meaning is, what you, does it give you life, honey, what type of life, why are you so emotionally invested in this? Why is this person so well, done so well, so good at triggering you and pulling you out into a dogfight that when it's over really doesn't mean anything, doesn't make you a better person. It's just expending a lot of energy for that person to parasite off and to feed off of. You've got to decide how you're going to deal with that person and engage or not engage so that you maintain your dignity and your self-respect and that you're not leaking. Because I'm telling you what happens when you're dealing with these types of people, that means there's a cut, there's a tear in you, in your aura, in your chakra, and you are leaking psychic energy and they are lapping it up. You are dealing with a psychic vampire and they are feasting off of your emotions. Because every time you go off and you give them what they want and why are they doing this and why are they saying this and it pissed me off so bad and it made me so much. Yeah, right. But they're getting their daily dose of pleasure. You make them feel powerful. You make them feel in control. You show them that you're emotionally vulnerable and irresponsible with your emotions and protecting them and that you're unstable. That's the way it's looking like an emotionally immature child, you see. And you never, ever let anyone see you sweat, and you never, ever let someone get and keep the upper hand on you like that. Because if you cannot control your emotions, you really cannot control anything else in your life. As soon as it gets tough for you, as soon as that agitator and that bully comes around, and if you feel like you're under the pressure cooker and they know what to say, and it may not be that exact one, it might be a new one, you're going to go off. You're going to lose it. You're going to be out of control. You're not going to be able to handle your business. And everybody's going to see that, uh, you know, you really can't handle yourself too well. You're not uh, composed too well with certain people come around or when certain things are said. With this symmetry in my book, I call that taking hostage. Whenever someone gets emotional on me, I say you are no longer a hostage to your emotions. Must stop and scratch. But you should call in and talk to us about your book and tell us what you've learned. And you're saying, yeah, my mom be doing that until I pull my deceased pop's card slash voice on her. <laughs> oh, my God. She pumped her brakes ASAP. <laughs> You gotta tell us when you want to call in and talk to us about that, because a lot of us don't know. We haven't been trained in how to handle our emotions and how to heal our emotions, and we haven't been trained how to deal with predators that play on them and feed them that need that boost from throwing somebody off balance and making them snap. So, symmetry zero, symmetry zero. Let me know. When you want to call in and talk about that, because uh, this is the year 
2013 is the year of the serpent, and it's the resurrection of the goddess. And I hear a lot of women talking about vagina power, um, vagina power 13, um, raising their kundalini, raising their spiritual energy, uh, dealing with dysfunctional relationships, either healing them if the other person is willing to heal it or getting them out of their life and getting them out of their way, new hobbies they didn't know they could do, new talents new projects that they're working on, uh, even leaving relationships, developing themselves to move higher uh, because they're learning and they're responding differently to situations, circumstances, and people. Okay, myself, okay. Oh, Lord. Now, slapping the children. <laughs> she says she ain't got a cell right now. <laughs> Because um, she had to discard it to uh, the boy slapping the the children. (laughs) But when she gets the children, (laughs) I said he ground her. Okay, thank you. Because that's what I've been dealing with: children. So intense, or still ain't got all the shit from elementary school and high school and grown people bodies. Their children trying to promote, yeah, they do that. But you know, I'm glad that you see this. Like I've seen this, and yeah, exactly. Thirty year old children, thirty chronologically, but ten. You know, on the inside, and us women, we women have to get martyr about the psychological games, not just that men play, but that other women play. And we have to decide what we're going to participate in, what games we're not going to participate in, recognize it for what it is, and then walk away. So um, I want you to take your notes over the weekend for the women that are comfortable, that want to share, whether in chat, or on the phone, I would love to hear your feedback. I'm, I'm going to share mine. Like I already started sharing. It's like I'm gradually, room at a time, piece by piece, I'm taking old clothes, either selling or giving away, um, throwing out papers. Because I have like old papers, old receipts, things that are like 10 years old. There's no use in keeping them out. They have to go clutter. I've had a lot of clutter. So I'm going to spend the whole weekend washing clothes, folding them, putting up the ones I'm going to keep, giving away the ones that I'm not, because uh, there have actually been blockages in parts of my house where I just have bags and stuff sitting there, so you can't go that way. you got to go the other way because i got the bag packed up. And I realize that's emotional shit. Mm-hmm. That's unresolved conflict. And I feel freer now. Um, just like I said, I know it might sound crazy to you, but um, since I've been cleaning my body out with the new cleansers that I, I have, my own line of cleansers in my store and doing that EDH relation, moving the metal on the other stuff, you know what? It makes me believe that metal in the body and other toxins in the body affect the mindset, and um, as it's been flushing out of me the past two weeks, I feel clearer in my head, 
and I feel clearer in my emotion. What? That first of all, how you gonna ask me for a favor? <laughs> Ride to work and get in my car, eat boat rides with a cup of ranch dressing, and <laughs> wash your pants on the desk. <laughs> Girl, who? Who is you dealing with that eating goddamn pig skin with ranch dressing? And wipe their hands. Is this a man or a woman? <laughs> and what does the car look like? And what does the car smell like on the inside? <laughs> and you ride with them? It's on a whole nother level, ghetto. You know what? Yeah, when you said North Carolina, that skin, that poke skin and dressing, yeah, they do that here. But, yeah, you're in the country town, so uh, I'm not surprised that they would have poke skin. But, Lord have mercy. I saw hot sauce. Rent, girl. You need to tell them to get some of my EDTA chelation and detox with some girl eating pig skin. That is so disgusting. I cleaned it up ASAP. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that wouldn't be someone that I would want to get romantic with. All that pork and worm and parasite and stuff. Ugh, girl. Mm. Oh, God, it's just making me feel nasty inside, like, right now. That, ugh, his breath. Oh, my God. Oh, dead. See, that's what I'm trying to say to you. It's like, those kind of people, we need to see what their value is. What purpose do they serve? Can you still deal with them and keep them in a certain compartment, certain department, and not all over your whole life? And the other people in your life, what purpose do they serve? What are you holding on to them? Are you emotionally handicapped? Are you emotionally needy? Um, I had a lot of those relationships where people were in my life because I knew that there was some brokenness in me, some wound in me, and I felt like they could fix it or I needed them there to fix it or to make me feel safe or okay. And you know what? I think that's why a lot of these things are happening to us women this year where we're forced to change, we're forced to clean out because we're moving into vagina power. This is helping us to see we don't need anybody to make it okay. We don't need anybody to make it safe, we don't need anybody to tell us that we're okay. We need to know that we are the justice, we are the unrighteousness, we're the judge, we're the jury, we're the executioner, we're everything. And the people come into our life that are not good to us and are being substandard and are treating us substandard, then we give them life. We give them permission to be in our experience. That can only happen because we're more powerful than we know. Even when you think you're weak, if somebody else is making you feel weak or hurting you, it's because you don't realize that you gave them the power to come into your experience and say that and do that. And I'm telling you, no matter how scary it seems, when somebody does that, Cut them off. Don't even think about what am I going to do without this person? 
How am I going to live? I need someone to do what they were doing for me. Now who's going to fix that for me? Who's going to take me here? Who's going to, mm-mm. It might seem a little bit difficult at first because you're not aware that you're the goddess and you're not aware that you're the creator and you have been powering, giving power and giving life to people that do you wrong, people that tell you that you don't have any power, that you don't have a life, that you're not nothing. But once you regroup, you have to set the altars up, you have to clean the house because you can't have um, altars in the house and you're doing your psychic work and your mental science and you have a dirty, cluttered house. Um, the energy is going to be real off balance. It's not going to be leveled and even that way because it also says something's off within you, within your mind. Now, I've seen people that are neat freaks. Something's off in their mind, too because they have some type of um, obsessive-compulsive disorder. That's not healthy either. One extreme or the other is not healthy. Extreme clutter and extreme cleanliness, and you're cleaning every day, all throughout the day, and nothing can be out of place and not one speck of dust. Yeah, something's like unhealthy going on within that person. They're not balanced. They're not even chemically to be on something like that. But... You To be balanced mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, you want to get rid of the clutter out of the house, but you want to be able to associate which emotions and which episodes or which people or circumstances in your life that are connected to the clutter. So people say, oh, I just hadn't cleaned up and it stays there. No, no, when it stays there for years, like in months and it seems like it stopped, like it's stagnant. No, it's it's tied to some situation and some person or people. Because, like, I've had clutter. Like I said, my stuff is, like, 20 years old. And that was I learned it from my grandmother, though, to keep your clothes, keep your shoes, take care of them. So that's not what I'm saying. I, I still have clothes that are in good condition, shoes in good condition, and I saved them and didn't waste money. No, I'm talking about, like, stuff you don't use and stuff that is now creating roadblocks in the house. Because it's so piled up one way, you have to go another way. And one side of the bed, you've got to crawl over the bed because you got stuff piled up all in the back of the bed and all piled up and messed out in the closet and, and books and, and dust and stuff in the living room and in the closet. you got clutter everywhere, um, pets and feces and dog hair and cat hair. No, that's, something happened to that person. Either they loved one died, they loved ones in jail, they went through a bankruptcy, they went through a bad divorce, they lost everything, they got very sick, they almost died of a disease, uh, medical problems, job problems, financial problems. Something has caused that heavy stagnation, and within every ball of clutter, whether it's a ball of dust or it's a bag of clothes or it's some books or a whole bunch of files and paperwork, Within that clutter and within the mind of that dust particle is the energetic framework of the person that the dust and the clutter is attached to. It will tell you a story. So that's the assignment. We want to look introspectively. We can't look at the man, ladies. We can't look at anybody else until we look at ourselves and what's going on. So that's the assignment. And I'm going to spend, well, I've already been, Cleaning. I got up about 6 this morning, cleaned myself, and got dressed and started cleaning my house, took a nap, and then came to the show. So we're going to run out of time. We're going to sign out, and I hope something I said today was helpful. And we're going to go back in um, Monday. 
So thank you for supporting me and coming back to the show. I haven't done it in a while. Been so tied up. This is with the symmetry. Wow, I got mad on my bed right now, close that eye. <laughs> Child, it's, I'm talking about myself <laughs> too. But we'll get back get back into this Monday, and I love you guys. And I will talk to you and check out my store, my new products at AlexisKTyler.net. Bye.